Hello, everyone, and welcome to episode 227 of At Odds With Wrestling. Joe and Adam here. Adam, hello. How are you? I'm doing fine, Joe. I'm going to ask you right off the rip the question that everybody is asking. Are you going to get your Twitter back anytime soon? Well, hang on. You're, you're talking about this now. That might not be the only time you're hearing that this uh, episode. <laughs> Excellent. So uh, as of this recording, when I try to access uh, Twitter on my phone, it tells me that in nine hours and 25 minutes, I'll have all my functionality back. Oh, that's like, I don't do math, but that's that's like early morning tomorrow, right? Now, right. Now, sometimes uh, it'll I'll, I'll hit OK and it'll just allow me to go to the read only Twitter. And lately, though, it's been giving me uh, a a message that says the server understand the request, but is refusing to fulfill it. <laughs> I understand a lot of requests that I refuse to fulfill. Right. And then when I access Twitter through my browser, the only way that anyone should be accessing it, as you can see here, yeah. uh, it says your account is locked, whatever, whatever. Um most accounts regained full access in a week, but it could take longer. But my <laughs> phone is telling me that I'll have it as of like, say, I, if I do my gazintas, that's like 6.50 tomorrow morning. Yeah. I, I need you to get it back because like you keep saying mean things about my broski and then not saying it's you. And I'm worried that people might think that that's me saying it. And I'm worried. I do my best to make sure if there's anything really mean that I'm saying about <laughs> broski, I attribute it to myself. Yeah, no, I know. But there's still it's it's muddy waters. I'm worried. But All right. I'll be glad when it when at odds goes back to getting uh, notifications once a week when the show goes up and then going quiet again. <laughs> well, you know, I, I mentioned it on uh, After Dark uh, this past week or this week, whenever it is. Maybe you're getting the heads up on this, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, so I was making a joke with uh, Joe Morata of our Vantage Point podcast. Uh, he was saying that if I become one of those Twitter accounts where, like, they'll post, like, a picture of a He-Man figure, right? Yeah. And say, like, oh, man, if you had this toy growing up, you probably had a great childhood. And then it gets, like, 20,000 likes, right? Oh, it's the worst, yeah. Yeah. So he – and there's – there are there, – there's a there's a, a count or two that I follow like that. But they, like, dig a little bit deeper than just, like, literally anything that everyone ever had, right? Yeah, or or just to stop you right there, the whoever posted that thing with like the five or six different ink pens and said like which pen is the best and it got like a billion retweets and comments. Right. Fuckers. But I'm a sucker for pens, so listen, <laughs> I bit, right? Um so anyway, he Joe mentions that if he becomes one of those accounts, he'll never stop punching himself in the face. <laughs> yeah. And I reply, Oh, don't do that. Why don't you run your head into a wall? And he replies, does anyone remember walls? <laughs> and I reply with a picture of a brick wall and say that if you had this growing up, you probably had a great childhood. <laughs> All great bits. I have Right, to so we're going there. back and forth, like, making jokes about those sort of accounts, right? Yeah. And then a day later, a day later, 
is when I get that notification that says, after careful review, we've determined that you've your account broke the Twitter rules, right? Yeah. And and Adam, I will have you know, I haven't learned a thing. <laughs> you uh, you went up against Big Wall and you lost. Yes. <laughs> well, it's the Big Wall, brother. Yeah. Uh, but that being said, it's more of an annoyance than anything else. I tried to make the most of it, like trying to clean up the accounts on uh, Longbox Heroes and Add Odds with Wrestling. You know, f- unfollow like dead accounts that haven't tweeted in like seven or eight years. Mm-hmm. Um, unfollow like the weird Twitter porn bots that we followed. There See, wasn't I- there wasn't many, but there was enough for me to take notice. See, whenever we get, like, for ad odds, uh, usually if somebody follows us on ad odds, I'll look, and if it's a, a porn bot, I'll block it. You know, I won't follow it back. Um, and if it's, like, looks to be a normal human being, I'll throw it a follow. Right. Uh, but I feel like a lot of them are, like, Trojan horses, where they'll be one thing. Yes. You'll give them a follow, and then they'll just change to a new format of porn. Yeah, like, days or weeks later, whatever it yeah. is. Yes, yeah. yes. Um, but then, like, I unfollowed, like, the wrestling people, for the most part, on the comics one, and I followed the co- unfollowed the comics one and the wrestling one, for the most part. Like, if you're following us, you interact with us, you're still there. Um, but yeah, I tried to clean up both accounts while I had some downtime. Uh, the most annoying thing is that I can't send direct messages through the browser, you know? <laughs> Poor baby. <laughs> I have to send direct messages through my phone that constantly reminds me that, like, the time that I have left until I get my full access back, and then sometimes just goes to an error where it says the server got your request but is refusing it. <laughs> it's okay. Just, like, whatever you said, nine hours from now, everything will be all right. Right. Back Business as usual. You definitely, It definitely will not take longer. I think that's just an under-promise over-deliver. I think right. it'll now, be okay. Th- because last time when I made the thing with Ed, it was one of those deals where it was like, hey, your tweet violated the rules. Um, you have to – it's under appeal. Um, you have to go delete the tweet first, but they've already deleted the tweet for me, so I can't do what the first thing that they're asking me to do, which is the same thing that happened here. And it was one of those things of the first time where I had to admit that I was wrong, mm-hmm. and then they gave me my Twitter account back. There was no admission of guilt or lied that I am admitting guilt. It was just like, boom, seven days, you're out, you know? Yeah. Oh, well. Well, again, I'm glad that tomorrow things will be back to normal. You for can go sure. back to tweeting your Terry Tuesdays from your own account. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> All right. Jam Pack Show, let's get to it. And now, At Odds with Wrestling presents This Day in Wrestling History. Hey, it's kind of a jam-packed this day in wrestling history, but not really. Um, I want to start things off by saying, as we record, uh, rest in peace, Leaping Lanny Poffo. Yeah, obviously that just hit like maybe an hour or two ago on Twitter. and It was actually real early this morning. It was like unconfirmed, like Jim Duggan tweeted it out. Okay. And then Cauliflower Alley tweeted it out, and then like everybody scrambled to get confirmation. Um, I was trying to find the clip, and it hasn't been clipped out yet, but I'm sure after Lanny's passing, it will be a week or two ago on Nash's podcast. <laughs> uh, Nash and Sean Oliver were going through Lanny Poffo's Instagram. 
mm-hmm. and remarking about how it's just all pictures of Lanny with different young foreign women. <laughs> good for him. <laughs> and I say good for him. Yeah. And I'm like cut down to the prime of his life. I forget where he was living. I don't know if he was like in Argentina or something like that, but he was definitely not in the United States. But like he was like in a small village um, in Argentina, let's just say. And, you know, yeah. He's making friends, you know? <laughs> you know, between uh between the women and uh his TV above the bed setup, he truly was a genius. He's now do you now a lot I don't know if you saw a lot of people, your your social media is a lot different than mine, um, especially this last week. Um Pete, do you know the trick? The do you know the trick that Lenny Fafa was able to do? Uh I, I might have unfortunately uh picked that up in some <laughs> tweets that I saw, but okay. uh, yeah, uh, again, kudos to him. <laughs> right. Right. Um, but yeah, so uh, Lanny was Lanny was awesome. He was like, he should have gotten a Hasbro. How about that? Yeah, oh, 100%, because yeah. that's, that's where I remember him from, is when everybody in the, you know, late 80s, early 90s would stand in front of the the backdrop with their logo on it and cut the local television promos. That's That's my genius, you know? Right. He was there as an active on-screen character for, like, seven years. Hmm. And, like, he was consistently over. Like, he was never a top act, right? But yeah. especially, like, like 89 when they turned him heel and he becomes the genius. Like, he's over, you know? Yeah, I'm actually looking up. The, like, not that I'm going to buy one. Because, of course, now would be a fucking horrible time to do it. Because the prices will be through the roof. But does he have figures, period? Um, I think he's probably got, like, a classic Superstars. Yeah, I'm thinking of, does he have an Elite, let's see, the Genius WWE figure, as I type in. Did I spell Genius wrong? I did, but it fixed it. Uh, uh, yeah. The irony of that is not lost on <laughs> Uh Looks like he has a classic Superstar in the red cap and gown. Um, Jesus, yeah, people went in and picked this clean. Um, yeah, that that might be it. Unless yeah. unless they're just all gone because, you know, people hoard them up. But uh, whoever goes and, like, sells figures or cards or anything at an inflated price when somebody just recently dies, uh, there's a special place in hell for them. Like, I it's, get going and buying it because you might be like, oh, man, I didn't appreciate him when he was here and now I want right. to grab it. But if you're, the like, a gouger at that time, oh, I want to fight you. I, I eagerly await um, a certain uh, illegal tape distributor from Langhorn, Pennsylvania, to all of a sudden find in his couch a bunch of signed Lanny Poffo merchandise. Hmm. Um, two, uh, with Lanny Poffo not having a Hasbro and also uh, not having a ton of figures, I will be spared my pet peeve when it comes to social media is when people stage the thing of all the other deceased figures welcoming <laughs> the newly deceased figure into wrestling figure heaven. <laughs> I know that's a bit over on the comic book show, and uh, I do get the douche chills when I see those as well, you know? No, it's not. It, okay, so it's a bit on Longbox in that the one day it happened and DJ riled me up at the comic book shop about it. Okay. So now Todd will never let it go. That you know, I I wouldn't have pictured Todd as somebody who would needle somebody at something. Right, exactly. <laughs> yeah, but uh, all right, rest in peace, Lanny Poffa. Whether it was leaping, whether it was the genius, whatever it was, 
Um, I didn't listen. I didn't preview any of the calls, but I'll say this: it's out there on YouTube. There's a match from like '84, '85 of Lanny and R- Macho against the Rock and Roll Express in Memphis, and it's probably the first table bump I ever saw. Oh, all right, yeah. He's an innovator. Gosh. It's a it's a wild and crazy brawl, you know. Yeah. Uh, so I re- that's my recommendation for the week. Not homework, but if you want to go see Lanny Poffo before he was full of glory and renown, you know? Sure. Back when he had like a blonde beard or blonde hair. I was very no, like- this was, he, he had like, um, he would, um, like he had like the, the curly hair, like, I, I, you know what? I know when you're like, what you're thinking of, that's maybe like 82, 83. Okay. And the outlaw Memphis territory, ICW, but they got like a bit of a run in like the main Lawler Memphis territory before they both got signed by WWE. And it was like dark-haired Lanny Poffo. He would come out to do promos uh, in the suit of armor. Um, And he, there's a, Jesus Christ. I don't want to fall down this rabbit hole. But um, it's, I I saw it years and years later. But it's building up the program uh, with the Rock and Roll Express, and Lanny Poffo makes a remark that even, like, what I think about it, I'm like, ooh, they said that on TV, you know? Mm. Uh, he says, um, he remarks what he and Randy have in common with AIDS. And he says that both are killing rock and roll stars daily. <laughs> And I might have that paraphrase just a bit wrong, but it's one thing for Macho Man to say a promo like that, but it's another thing for Lanny and that voice to cut that promo. Yeah. And I think that's what makes it sh- so shocking. Yeah. No, that's it's it's funny. That's but, it's a great line. Yeah. <laughs> cool. Yeah, that's just, forty years ago, my friend. It's a different yeah. time. Yeah, you were allowed to get away with that stuff back. Sure. Then. <laughs> I'm not gonna say what Paul Orndorff was getting away with at that time, but. Let's get into 1998, huh? Yeah, head-to-head. Nitro's a stinker. It's another three-hour Nitro with tons of matches, like Scott Hall versus Jim Neidhart. Mongo versus the British Bulldog must continue. (laughs) And and Mark Starr versus Bill Goldberg. Uh, I, I will say this. I was tipped off to something that happens on next week's Nitro. Um, and get ready. We might be playing that match in its entirety. Oh, <laughs> all right. Hopefully it's a Goldberg match. That's like 30 seconds long. It is a Goldberg match, <laughs> uh, but it's definitely uh, not 30 seconds long. Oh, I am so smart. S M T. So, uh, raw that night, we're building up WrestleMania, uh, Austin and Michaels, um, or DX is coming out and trying to petition that the match get changed from being Sean versus Austin to being Austin versus Tyson. Seems reasonable. Yet another instance of Sean wanting to get out of doing a job. (laughs) Uh, This time was in character, though. And this moment happens. 10 p.m. to 11 p.m. We will only use the words ass damn hell and bitch we will never however use the words shit fuck goddamn jesus christ faggot or any other racial or sexual slurs 
Now then, as it pertains to video, we promise there will be less. Oh. Oh. What Come happened? On. From 10 p.m. We'll pick it back up. Goddamn racial or sexual slurs. Pick it back up here. Now yep. then, as it pertains to video, we promise there will be less dick references. Oh, shit. Watch your fucking mouth. Well, fuck me. God <laughs> damn it. Fuck. Anyway, there will be less penis references. Oh, and one last thing. Even though many of you believe that currently the favorite pastime in the oral office is swallow the leader, I did not. I repeat, I did not sleep with that young intern. As a matter of fact, I was up all night. <laughs> so that's how Raw opened this week. I and have, uh, oh, that's Lord. the uncut version that was on the DX VHS. Yeah, so that that's the thing. Uh, obviously, huge DX mark, huge Sean mark. I loved every second of that when it aired. I still do, to be honest with you. And like, I felt like... It's all blurry because obviously I don't remember the circumstances, but I don't know if I saw in like an online chat that there was like an uncensored version and that it was on a home release and then I couldn't find the home release. And I think it was on a DVD later, but they edited it. I was so pumped. It took me like it was maybe like five years ago that I finally saw the unedited version. Oh, really? Yeah, That's funny. It, took, it took a while. Um, but yeah, I, I don't know why. Like for some reason, I thought. Like the Mandela effect. Like I used to tell people, no, like when they first aired it, the curses weren't censored and it, it was just all blurring together. But I definitely didn't quote that up all night for years as a, like an obnoxious teenager either. Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, so again, they did record it, you know, with the swears in it and they aired an edited version. But this is the Monday Night Raw where we get Cactus versus Chainsaw Charlie. And they do the bump off the top of the Titan Tron into the dumpster. And the New Age Outlaws come out and push the dumpster off the stage. And then Sonny cries for an hour. Right. And then they treat it like it's real. Yeah. And then they're like, oh, these two men are dead. Uh, I can't believe the Outlaws did this. Um, and then it's like, okay, well, let's throw it to Mark Merrow versus Headbanger Mosh. You know? Well, Vince always says the show has to go on. That's right. <laughs> um, and then obviously there's a bit at the end where Cactus and Terry Funk come back in hospital gowns, like pulling their like IV bags behind them. (laughs) So this was an early instance of good in theory, but in practice, the ending didn't quite stick. Yeah. Maybe uh, like, let's not uh, lead into it. Like an actual fucking death happened on TV. You know, right. Or if you're going to lead into it as an actual death happened on TV, don't have the two guys come out in their underwear and hospital gowns to end the show. You know, like go off the air, not knowing what their status is. Yeah. Go, go to AOL keyword WWF to find out the latest updates on cactus and funk. Yes, exactly. Um, now, also, just as a quickie, on this day on ECW on Sci-Fi, what? Vince ca- uh, in 2010 on this day, Vince came out and told us that in two weeks ECW was done, and starting in two weeks, we would be getting a brand new concept in the world of sports and entertainment, and that would be NXT. Yeah, you got to take the good with the bad on that. Like, I, I think that's a historic thing. 
You know, you got and, the Nexus out of that. You okay. eventually got the 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 super indie that was NXT. You eventually got Cora Jade. Uh, I think that's historic. I think Cora Jade was uh, born after NXT started. <laughs> yeah. Um, but I will say this, the fact that these are going to line up, I think, at the least, because they did it live for a while early on, mm-hmm. and um, I got a story to tell about uh, that first episode of NXT if it does, in fact, line up, you know? Yeah. No, I, I watched it. It wasn't the worst. Like, I, part of me missed ECW because, like, I always had it in my head that it was going to get better at some point, you know? Uh, but on the other hand, like, I was like, oh, like. I heard this this Daniel Bryan guy is pretty good. Let's see what he has. And like I always liked Wade Barrett, and there was people on that show that I that I was rooting for. So I treated it like an actual reality show and not a, a work. Right by this time in the last like six months or whatever it was of ECW, e- ECW essentially was what would just be renamed as NXT because they would just like randomly bring guys up from developmental and put them on the new ECW. Yeah. You know, that's like how Hawkins and Broski got their start. Um, you know, that's where Sheamus started with his feud with Goldust and all this other stuff. And, like, these were guys that would just be on ECW for, like, weeks, if not months, before they would get called up to the main roster or get moved over to NXT when NXT becomes NXT, right? Yeah. Uh, but, yeah, it's just interesting that, like, here we are, you know, 13 years ago is how long NXT has been a thing, you know? Yeah, and... Remember when NXT used to be really good? I do. <laughs> a long time ago. It was like a year and a half ago. <laughs> I was doing some scouting uh, on NXT this week, and mm. uh, uh, like it was, it was unwatchable. Ugh. I just always remark about how they just completely killed that just to spite themselves, but mm-hmm. that's for a different day. Uh, so also, and lastly, on this day in wrestling history, 10 years ago, uh, was the first ever National Pro Wrestling Day. The biggest and best National Pro Wrestling Day that there ever was. Uh, this was the one there where there actually was um, representation and matches sent from other promotions instead of just all the little fake promotions that Quack thought up. <laughs> um, looking over these two cards, because there was an afternoon and, and a night card, there's just as many people who would go on to superstardom on this as there are people who are super ultra mega canceled. <laughs> it's like a game. It's like, come on down to canceled or famous. <laughs> yes. Now, we're not going to go over the whole card. I just will mention um, a few things on here. Uh, so if you see on the uh, and I have the card here up in front of Adam and you can go look up the card yourself. I'm not going to go through the whole thing, uh, but you'll see that there was a Ring of Honor match on the afternoon show. And there's an Evolve match on the evening show. Uh, okay. That was a special consideration for Gabe specifically from Evolve, as he did not want his Evolve talent to be on the show as uh, the same show as his former promotion, Ring of Honor. Okay, so they just split one up, put one in the day, one in the night. Right, right. Gotcha. Um, looking over the rest of this, uh, I've told this story on the show before. This is the first time that I met uh, Ethan Page. Okay. Uh, we became fast friends over him having the uh, name of one of his moves be an allusion to a certain adult uh, film star that we both were fans of. And that's, <laughs> he says that name, and I just look at him. <laughs> and I go, yeah? And he goes, oh, I can't do that because it's Chikar? I'm like, 
I know who it is, but they don't know who it is. And he's like, oh, okay. <laughs> uh, anyway, uh, just looking at the rest of this. We'll get to the main story a little bit later on. Um, there's a, the, the beyond match that's on here is maybe the most canceled match in wrestling history. Um, this also, and I've told this story on the show before this one, Chris Dickinson threatened to beat up Adam Lash for stuff that Adam Lash had said about him on Twitter. Um, (laughs) and Adam Lash didn't back down and said, okay, so you kick my ass. I'm the one who's running the free iPay-per-view for charity. Mm -hmm. Then what do you do? (laughs) <laughs> and Dickinson, ever a genius, got frustrated and walked away. Um, night two, if you see there, uh, Angel Ortiz and Mike Drazdick. Uh, you would probably know them better as Santana and Ortiz. I would. I definitely would recognize them by those names. Yes. Uh, just trying to look, look to see who else you see. The NYWC match on there is uh, Reynolds and Johnny Silver. Oh, I know who they are, yep. Right, right. I, uh, IWC International Wrestling Cartel out of Pittsburgh. John McChesney taking on Logan Shulo. Now, you're going to say, I don't know who Logan Shulo is. Uh, I don't but, know who Logan Shulo is. But you would know Logan Shulo better as Elias. Oh, yeah, that's uh, Ezekiel's brother. Yes, Ezekiel's brother. Um, okay. <laughs> but there's a match on the afternoon show presented by CZW. Which was um, like like the most canceled wrestler of all time, Rory Mondo, knee Rory Gulak, taking on Latin Dragon, taking on Matt Tremont. Now, CZW was originally not involved in this at first, right? Mm-hmm. Um, DJ Hyde did a shoot interview where he said like a bunch of like wild and crazy shit about uh, Mike Quackenbush and Quackenbush's wife. And all sorts of other allegations of whatever, right? Mm-hmm. So Quack's like, I don't want these people on my show. You know, I know we're yeah. inviting all these outside companies. I don't want these people here. So DJ Hyde put up a video that I did my best to try to find today of him essentially threatening that if we're not included in this free show for charity, we're going to invade the show and beat your people up. Okay. So to prevent that from happening, uh, Drew Gulak was training at both the Chikara and the CZW schools at the time, and it was agreed upon of these would be the CZW representatives. Uh, CZW attempted to get um, a slogan off the ground that did not do very well called Wrestling Fears CZW. And this is uh, CZW's press release of them announcing their involvement in the show. Uh, This Saturday, February 2nd, out of fear, National Pro Wrestling Day has now added a CZW Young Gun three-way on the afternoon event. Uh, See the action and visit the CZW vending booth, selling DVDs and the new Wrestling Fears CZW shirt at the event. Uh, Out of fear, Adam. (laughs) And again, they they exclude the part where they threaten to send their deathmatch people over to beat up a bunch of, again, skinny Chikara nerds in the name of them not being included in a charity event. Yeah, yeah. (sighs) Big tough guys. And I'm doing the Zandig pose. CZW, like nothing else. Ugh. (laughs) I hope they're, like, super successful now, all those people. I hope they're doing well. Um... 
They're not, Adam. They're not. They're oh. actually doing very poorly. Well, I guess that's that's what they deserve. <laughs> Some would say it's almost as though you reap what you sow. Yeah. Thank God I'm a good person. <laughs> oh, I can't say that. <laughs> All right. So that's enough history. Let's get into what we want to talk about from this last week, Adam. All right. Well, before I get into pretty much the meat of my conversation, Joe, uh, just bear with me for a second. And Joe, this isn't alcohol. This is the last can remaining from what I brought home from this past Saturday of Mountain Dew Pitch Black. Yeah. I was going to say, I recognize that unmistakable sound anywhere that somebody opening and getting ready to enjoy a can of Mountain Dew Pitch Black. Yeah. Uh, first, I want to say uh, thank you to DJ for inviting us all over to the compound to enjoy the show. Um, something about the rumble that you can't really, I don't think you can enjoy it. At least I couldn't enjoy it just sitting and watching it by myself. I'd much rather be in a room full of people just shitting on it you yeah. know, and kind of reacting to it. And like a stronger pay-per-view, you know, you can sit and just enjoy the wrestling. But, uh, you know, something about the rumble, whether it be the gambling or whatnot. But I do want to talk about almost everything on the show. But I would be remiss if I didn't acknowledge the controversy that is surrounding the at odds Royal Rumble opportunity, Joe. Okay. And, and that is the fact that I drew the number of Rey Mysterio. Rey Mysterio was never eliminated. Therefore, I believe that I am entitled to half of the other JB's winnings, the other JB drawing number 30, where it was Cody Rhodes, obviously. So I know I made it a point last week when we were going over the rules that, you know, the money would be given to whoever wins, whoever's presented as the winner after the show. But that was before it affected me, Joe. (laughs) (laughs) I don't know if I like this. But congratulations to the other JB. As well as Virtual Pros, Mike from Virtual Pros for winning the women's with Rhea Ripley. Um, but let's start off with the men's rumble. Uh, no broski, so I was sad about that. Uh, it was nice to see Kofi. Ba- like, I like Kofi. I think he's probably one of the nicest guys, probably. Great dad, all that stuff. I-, I wish him no harm. But I am so sick of the Kofi spot, and I'm glad that two years in a row he biffed it. Um, shouldn't I- count on, like, a plastic chair supporting your weight. <laughs> I think he uh, tweeted uh, saying that, like, I think he's figured, like, essentially, like, he's like, yeah, I think I'm done trying this, you know? Yeah, yeah, it's, uh, you know, I, I feel bad, but at the same time, let's let that bit die. Uh, but obviously, Cody Rhodes won, overcoming all the odds, outlasting 29 other men by coming out at number 30 and just, like, being instantly in the final four or final six or whatever. Um, I don't like that finish. Or the, the him winning it, and it's nothing against Cody. So, Mr. Tim, I apologize. Uh, I have nothing against Cody. But I hate going into a rumble, whether it be a men's or a women's, and I think it was very apparent with this men's rumble, where there's really only one person who could win it. Like, at no point did I think Walter was going to, or not Walter, uh, you know, fucking Gunther is going to win it. You know, yeah. Gunther had a star-making performance, but you're not going to have Gunther go to headline WrestleMania. At no point did I think, oh, they're just going to have Seth Rollins win it or, or whoever. It was Cody's from the start, especially with you having him come out at number 30. Uh, I get it. It's a trope of 
Royal Rumbles, and they talked about this over on Viewer's Choice. You know, it's done to death, and it's so predictable, and I just hate having a guy who basically outlasted eight people, you know, because he came in, like, when the final eight or whatever, say, I outlasted 29 other men. Like, no, you didn't. It was just very disappointing, and obviously, we'll get into the Sammy stuff in a little bit, but... Uh, just not the best men's rumble, you know, and, and it's, it sucks to blame Cody on that. It's not his fault, but I think they need to stop having all of the winners come from 30, 28, one, two, like, why can't freaking 14 be the winner one year? It, it's just getting too predictable. I, I'd have to do my gazintas, but I think the last time somebody won the men's rumble and wasn't one of the first two. Or the last four, because like 27 is like the big number that everyone wins from, right? Yeah. So 27, 28, 29, 30, one or two, okay? Mm. The last time that somebody won from not one of those spots might have been like 2002. Yeah. So it's been a while. Um, At the time, I was a little disappointed with like watching it. It is what it is. They, you know, they had their little stories that they tried to build into it. But as you mentioned... Nobody had built been built up the way that Cody had been built up. If you were going to have Cody be number 30 and win it, you should have had him be a surprise. Oh, 100%. Like, I think I bitched like a month or two ago that they started dropping those vignettes of him yeah. recovering and coming back. You know, when you are looking at weeks worth of pro- promotion and you see Cody Rhodes, Cody Rhodes, Cody Rhodes on every poster and 29 people have come out and Cody hasn't come out yet, you know exactly who's coming out next. The only excusable way to have Cody come out at 30 is if we haven't heard a peep of him since he tore the back. Or you, know? you still do those vignettes that Cody's training to come back and you just say Cody returns soon and then you have them interview Cody, and they're like, are you going to be in the Rumble? And Adam, I know you're going to be surprised when I say this, and this is going to be something that Cody's going to have to really stretch and really use all of his fortitude to do. But Cody would just lie and say, <laughs> no, I'm not in the Royal Rumble. I, and, then, yeah. and then he shows up as number 30 in the Royal Rumble. I just think that the second you start showing anything of him, you know, Cody is coming soon, mm-hmm. then people have that that suspicion in their head. You know, keep it a complete surprise. And, and as for your uh, grievance there in regards to Rey Mysterio, uh, I did consult with the ghost of Jack Tunney, and he did inform me that if your number is called and you do not enter the ring by the time the next person enters the ring, you have forfeited your spot in the World Wrestling Entertainment Royal Rumble. It's a bunch of bullshit. That, that's mm-hmm. not fair. I had uh, You just, take it up with the ghost of Jack Tunney as well, okay? I, I will. I, I drew Rey Mysterio and Braun Strowman, so I, I had dead money on that. Who did you get? Do you remember? Oh, Jesus Christ. Sorry. Um, edge? Know. I had Edge? Alright. That, and that, then that, somebody else early. Gotcha. Alright. Um, anything else on the men's rumble? Nah, you know, um, when you look at who was in there, you know, they could have done like a, um, a stunt winner had like Logan Paul win it, you know, but yeah, that's, and again, I I think Tim or Marcus brought this up again on viewer's choice that you could have very easily threw Cody out there at like 27 and then just had Logan Paul be number 30 because they want number 30 to be the big pop. 
you know, have it be that. Nobody was expecting Logan Paul to show up. Logan Paul got the reaction, or not necessarily the reaction, the treatment that Cody should have got. Logan, you know, tore his knee up at the the Saudi show. You know, he was out. We knew he was going to eventually come back, but we didn't hear a peep about him on WWE television. And then when he came out, it's like, oh, well, I mean, not me, but it's like, holy <laughs> shit, it's Logan Paul. Like, that should have been the reaction for Cody. You know, he's for been sure. out injured for a while and just, oh, there's Cody. Yay. But um, I don't, what was next? Was it the women's title match or was it the main event? Uh, it was no. The next was the main event. Yes. So I'll let you take this one, Joe. So none of us knew what to expect from the Mountain Dew pitch black match, right? Yeah, uh, we learned prior to recording today that it was a seven-figure deal to have <laughs> that promotion, and I can only hope that the Hollywood multi-million-dollar megastar, even though he doesn't need the money, I hope that L.A. Knight got a cut of that fucking money. Yeah, yeah. So we're, we're there. Nobody knows what the match is going to be. L.A. Knight comes out, and he always has red, red and black are his gear colors, and he comes out and he's wearing yellow, right? And we're all like, ooh, new pay-per-view gear. All right, all right, what's this? And then Bray Wyatt comes out, and he's got the lantern, and he's got, like, nothing really special on, you know? And they both get in the ring. And then we find out that the Mountain Dew Pitch Black match essentially is a blacklight match. Yeah, it's cosmic bowling. (laughs) It's it's cosmic bowling the match. And it's why L.A. Knight has little yellow panties on, and Bray Wyatt has like a whole bunch of paint all over his face and his arms to make him look double spooky. Then they go outside the ring and they brawl, and for some reason there's like foam beads inside the ringside table for some reason. And then L.A. Knight finds some kendo sticks, which are also day-glowed up as well. Um, So it was goofy, it was stupid. Uh, I hope Mountain Dew is happy with the million do- with these seven figures that they spent on this match because I think Bell to Bell it was maybe about six minutes. Uh, then they do a spot where they brawl like to like a back area in the building, and uh, then we see perched up above uh, like uh, Crash Pad is Uncle Howdy himself, and then Uncle Howdy falls in the general vicinity of L.A. Knight. There's big fireworks that go off. And then we see the human embodiments of the puppets from the Firefly Funhouse uh, watching on, neither approvingly or disprovingly. <laughs> um, five stars. <laughs> seven stars in the Tokyo Dome. If it took place in the Tokyo Dome instead of the Alamo Dome, it would have been seven stars. What the hell were you expecting, everybody? <laughs> what were you expecting, huh? I, you know what? We worked ourselves into a shoot, and I think you'll be the first to admit that. Uh, I will say this. Uh, this fucking pitch black's pretty damn good. <laughs> like, I'm glad that there's only one can in my house because I pounded a ton of these between the cans that were in the fridge and the the fountain that that DJ set up. Like, right, I, I had a lot of this stuff. So, uh, I have to think that Mountain Dew had to have made money, like made good money on this because. Whether it be sincerely or as a bit, like everybody who had a, a rumble party had to have bought some of this, you know. But as far as the pitch black match, I, I forget who brought it up at, at the gathering. But when this Bray Wyatt figure comes out that glows in the dark to show his paint, that's going to be a pretty damn good seller. Hopefully we get another L.A. Knight or we get a L.A. Knight figure, but maybe there's a chase in this attire. Oh. Uh, I, I liked everything about this match from a sports entertainment standpoint other than the puppets. 
Like the puppets was where it was like, all right, come on. You know, yeah. you went a little too far. I could that, buy everything else. <laughs> that's the line that I'm not willing to cross. <laughs> Fucking puppets. Yeah, I could buy Uncle Howdy and everything glowing because it's Bray Wyatt's spooky. But uh, the puppets, yeah, I got a problem with that. And plus it probably reignited a bunch of idiots uh, on Twitter to like speculate who's in the costumes, you know, and I hate that yeah. too. I hate that too. But uh, I won't take too long talking about the women's title match other than the fact that Alexa got screwed. Her time is now. You got to put the strap on her. But maybe they're waiting till WrestleMania. Um, so uh, I'm, I'm upset, but I'm willing to let it play out, Joe. Bianca deserves better. <laughs> well, you know, we'll have her lose the belt at Mania. It's more of a, it's a bigger payday. But uh, I guess, again, to the women's rumble. Uh, I drew Candice LeRae, which I was like, okay, it's not the worst thing. It's better than my Zia Lee last year, but obviously Candice isn't going to be winning this. Uh, and you know what, Joe? Poor Vansky. I drew Chelsea. <laughs> and I thought it was fun for the bit because uh, who else is going to draw Chelsea other than me? Uh, and then she gets eliminated like instantly, sets a record for the fastest women's elimination. She's basically the female Santino Morella. No offense to Chelsea on that one. Um, but uh, yeah, your thoughts on the women's rumble with uh, Rhea Ripley winning. Uh, I thought the women's rumble was good. It benefited from them bungling the women's division. And uh, on SmackDown on Friday, when they showed the graphic for who was in the women's rumble, they had seven people. Yeah. And when the pay-per-view started, I think they had 22. Uh, So there was going to be some surprises, some fresh faces, some people that haven't been on TV in a while. Um, You know, we got Asuka coming back. We get some NXT representation, that sort of thing. Um, I know at least one person that was happy that Nia Jax was back. Um, Yeah, less said about that, the better. (laughs) Right. I I wouldn't take that person's advice on pretty much anything. Um, (laughs) um, That being said, uh, Chelsea now has a Karen gimmick in World Wrestling Entertainment. Yeah, uh, because, I mean, just being a hot bitch, I guess, wasn't a good enough character, you know? And I can only hope Chelsea has somewhere to draw from (laughs) that maybe, I wouldn't say her, you know, she seems like a nice enough person. Yeah, she's sweetheart. Right, hopefully she has, like, research that she could do or something that she can kind of look into and see someone who's just complains and nitpicks and is never happy about anything that he's handed and given, and nothing's ever perfect for them. I hope that she has someone like that in her life that she could draw that inspiration from for this character. (laughs) Uh, But... I did like the women's rumble more than the men's rumble. A lot of it had to do with the final three and the ending spot to close it out. It really made you think that it could have been. It got to that point where they were down to Liv, Asuka, and Rhea, that it really could have been either one of the three. And they did a good spot of toying it back and forth, back and forth, back and forth. And then Rhea winning, yay, wrestling Charlotte at WrestleMania again. I don't know. Charlotte position is the baby face in this. Charlotte is maybe the most booable female that they have on their roster outside of Ronda Rousey. And now what does this leave for Ronda to do? I could uh, stay home, doing, hopefully. <laughs> right, stay home, hopefully. But I could see them doing some bullshit and turning this match into like a triple threat or something. 
Yeah, or or somehow they put Rhea and Charlotte in the ring for like promos, and Rhea's getting cheered and Charlotte's getting booed, and they have to do something to to tweak it, you know? Yeah, they they cannot put these two in the ring together because that's exactly what's going to happen. Yeah, yeah. I mean, whether like whatever your feelings are about Rhea Ripley, she's been an entertaining character on the Judgment Day, you know? Hell and yeah! Charlotte's just, Charlotte's just fucking unlikable in every respect, you know? Exactly. Um, but yeah, this, this rumble, as you said, was more wide open. You know, there was a lot of people who could have won Asuka coming back as like the killer, like Japanese, uh, like her, just her pre NXT persona, you know, was, was very impressive. So I could have seen them just doing a, a full push on her. Um, but yeah, I mean, I, I enjoyed it. And again, we have a situation where Rhea was what? Number one. Yeah. So uh, very predictable. I want them to just, let's take five years off from that. On both mm-hmm. rooms, you know? Yeah. But let's have number three win it. Yeah, I mean, that's fine. Have have 25. I don't care. Just nothing in those sweet spots of 1 and 2, 27, 28, 29, 30, you know? Yeah. But uh, on to the main events. Um, I don't have much to say about the match itself. You can talk about it if you want to. But obviously, Roman defeats Kevin Owens. But the stuff that is worth talking about is at the end with the bloodline stuff. Uh, the bloodline handcuffs Kevin Owens to the ring. Basically, Roman's going to go and hit uh, Kevin Owens with the chair. Sammy stops him. Roman says, you're right. You should do it. And then after much deliberation and literally everybody in the Alamo Dome and everybody at home, at their buddy's house, whatever, at the edge of their seats, eventually Sammy hits Roman with the chair. And then you get that little bit of hesitation from the Usos just long enough for all of us to be thinking to ourselves, are they going to jump in and start picking Roman's bones too? But no, they go and obviously they attack Sammy and the show goes off the air with, uh, uh, Sammy Zayn and Kevin Owens laid out. And, uh, I believe it, Jay Uso, Jay Uso. Yeah. Jay Uso basically leaves cause he doesn't want to beat down Sammy and on social media, he quits the bloodline. So that is pure sports entertainment, but, God damn, it's fucking great. I've been saying for for a long time that this bloodline stuff is the shining beacon of watchability within the WWE. And this is just this was chef's kiss. So I don't if I come off as being a negative Nancy, I'm apologizing in advance. Okay, because this is a great storyline. It's something that they've been building up, at least with Sammy's involvement since the summer. You could talk about like the overarching story of everything that Roman does and touches with the Usos and Solo and Paul and everything else has now been going on since SummerSlam two years ago, right? Yeah. But let's just focus on like Sammy's involvement in all of this. Is this a great storyline? Absolutely. Is it that much greater because all the other storylines in WWE stink? Absolutely as well. As good as this storyline is... I think everyone else is tricking themselves that it's better than it actually is. Like I see the people like trying to draw uh, parallels between this and when Seth turned on Roman to leave the shield and then like other storylines and so forth. They're like, Oh, we don't even realize how deep this all goes. And I think you're trying to make it a lot. Like it's a nine, five plus. Okay. Well, let me not, let me ask. It's not you a this. gem mint ten, okay? <laughs> well, let me ask you this, just to, to hijack real quick. What is a storyline 
whether it be at AEW, WWE, uh, Impact, New Japan, whatever, uh, in the last year or two, a storyline, a feud, an angle that you think is better done than this or is more compelling hmm. off the top of your head. And I'll tell you why you're wrong when you're done. Well, and that's the thing. You're going to tell me why I'm wrong. Um, <laughs> the problem is there's so there's nothing else that even comes close in WWE. OK, mm-hmm. um, the closest that you would have had was if Cody didn't get injured and his road to the title. Um, could have been as close to this as possible. Um, AEW, on the other hand, the so many of their storylines have gotten stop and start stuff, and they lean more heavily on the in-ring stuff as opposed to the storyline stuff. Um, I'm not arguing with you that it's not the best angle of the last 12 months. I'm not arguing that with you. I'm just arguing the fact if people are trying to make it like even better like people are saying that this is the greatest storyline in wrestling ever and i'm just like i don't know yeah i mean that's obviously that that's being yes if if we look back at this 20 years from now and it's still one of the best of the last 20 years whatever we'll reassess that Um, it's it's people who grew up with edge in his third run as the champion (laughs) it's people who started watching wrestling with the cm punk pipe bomb promo right yeah. And I'm just saying you don't have the wealth of knowledge to go back and look at all these things. You know, if I pull up, well, you know, what about the mega powers angle? That's actually a storyline that did go for like the better part of two, even three years. And there was stuff laid in the groundwork for whatever. But then like somebody will come to me. It's like, oh, well, you never saw the Dusty Rhodes pack song angle in Florida in the 70s. And that's right. I have it. Right. It's all what you grow up with. It's all what you, you know, whatever. But it just. I get people want to make this more special than it already is, but it's already pretty goddamn special just the way it is. Sure. And, and it doesn't I do, need extra shit on top of it, you know? Yeah, I, I make – I'm not going to be saying that this is, oh, this is one of the top five angles of all time or anything like that. But for you to say that this might be the best storyline over the past 12 months in wrestling period, oh, that's, yeah, it is. Pretty, that's pretty high praise, you know? And I think that that's meeting it with what I said. Okay. You know? I'm not going to say this is the greatest wrestling angle ever the last 10 years or 20 years, but for it to be the most compelling television in the past year, regardless of what company, I think that's pretty good praise. Oh, L.A. Knight and the Puppets. <laughs> that's L.A. Knight uh, able to overcome yes. the adversity of bad storytelling and bad creative. You know, for, that's him transcending it. For sure. Yeah. But – uh yeah, I mean, obviously, we're not going to be the first people to speculate what happens. You know, obviously, Cody's Cody's getting a belt at Mania. I think that's unavoidable. I just hope that, and I said this when we were hanging out on Saturday, I hope that Roman versus Sammy isn't just on like a throwaway episode of SmackDown or like uh, at Elimination Chamber or something like that where it's just like an afterthought and then we're we're going to stick them in a tag match with the Usos at Mania. And I, I could see that happening. Uh, I just I think that this storyline deserves more than a, a blow off on a C pay-per-view. Unfortunately, that's exactly what's going to happen. Um, you know, Monday morning, uh, Mr. Marcus and I were around the pool with Pat and Vince and Brucey trying to figure <laughs> out a way. I'm pitching this whole idea. Cody comes out on Raw and he says that he wants to, he doesn't want, he not only wants to walk out of WrestleMania's champion, but he wants to walk into WrestleMania's champion. 
and he goes and he decides instead of being um, the main event, like you start the beginning of the Cody heel turn and says that he's going to be the main event at WrestleMania because he's going to be the champion because he's cashing in his title shot early and he wants Roman at Elimination Chamber. You then set up Roman at Elimination Chamber uh, with Cody. That's when Sammy helps inadvertently Cody win the belt. That's where you get your Roman versus Sammy match at WrestleMania. It doesn't have to be for the belt. It'd be great if it was for the belt, but you get you that match at WrestleMania. You figure out something to do with Kevin Owens and all of that as well. And then that's where you do your Cody dream match as the champion, whether it be you convince The Rock to come back. You've convinced Austin to come back. You convince Cena to come back, whomever it is. Hell, you pull the trigger and you do Cody versus The Fiend at WrestleMania, right? I've got nine Cody matches for you at WrestleMania. Let's get this match out of the way so we could do Sammy and Roman at uh, WrestleMania. And Vince just ended up pushing me in the pool and laughing that laugh that he does, you know? (laughs) We tried. Yeah, so we'll see. Uh, Obviously, we all know. We all... Know where it's going to go, but we all kind of feel like it should go a different direction, and whatever. Yes. We'll see what happens. You know, maybe maybe Papa H will surprise us. <laughs> <laughs> so but. you're just all Royal Rumbled out. You got anything else? Because I got like nah, nah. I mean, I I, I know what you're going to talk about, and I think we would overlap there. So go ahead. Yeah, broad strokes of uh, dynamite this past week. Uh, I thought Hangman Mox was really good. I thought Danielson versus Tim Thatcher was really good. Um, I like that they set up my match that I've been talking about for the last several weeks that we're going to get Takeshita beating Max on TV next week. Um, I think we're like three or four weeks in a row of Max cutting promos not in front of the live crowd. Yeah, that's And somehow they've been better. I don't know what the... Yeah, anyway. And, And Joe, can I ask you this? Like, obviously, we watch a lot of AEW... Has there ever been a challenger win uh, the, what do they call them, elimination matches? or An eliminator? No. Eliminator. Never. Yeah, a challenger has never beat the champion in an eliminator. This could be the fucking first time to do it, you know? Yeah. yeah. I think it's going to happen. Because otherwise, why have these things? If you're never going to have the, the non-champion beat the champion in a non-title and then lose the title match, which is how these are designed to work. You got to do it at least once. It, it's right. It's a throwback to the Cody Open Challenge when he was the TNT champion. It's a throwback to rem- to when they had the top five rankings. Remember the top five rankings in AEW? Yeah, I just saw like a couple weeks ago. Somebody pointed out that they were just slowly like just abandoned. quietly never mentioned again. Yeah, <laughs> it's a way. It, you know, it's a holdover from those things where it's a way to get somebody into the title picture who's not in the top five ranking. Yeah. And hey, I'm cool with that, whatever. Um, but uh, I, the main thing was the uh, Darby Allen versus Samoan Joe match, main event. Um, you talk about Bloodline being the best storyline of the past, past 12 months. Samoan Joe versus Darby has been the best three match series in recent wrestling history. Just two maniacs going out there killing each other in different ways every time. I watched this match twice. I watched it live last night, and I watched it again before we recorded today. It's that goddamn good. Better series than Briscoe's versus FTR? Hmm. Second match of the Briscoe's FTR was just really good as opposed to great. Okay. Um, But one and three were, like, unbelievably great. 
and those matches were on pay-per-view. These matches are on free TV. So these get the nod because they're on free TV and anybody can watch them. This was the best trilogy available on free TV in the past, like, several years. There you go. All right. Got you out of that. <laughs> asterisk, asterisk, asterisk. Yeah. Um, I, I love the match. We, we talk all the time about how uh, when Joe is a killer against a guy who's willing to just bump all over the place for him, it, it's super fun to watch. Uh, I know they did the bit uh, that Marcus loves where they tear up the ring and expose the boards, but they did it to the, in kind of an interesting way with the, the tacks on the hoodie and the uh, the muscle buster and all that stuff. Uh, it was a bloodbath, like you said. Joe got cut really good over his eye. Uh, I loved it as well, and I have no problem with the TNT title being the hot potato title. Yeah. You know, it's not like, oh, every, it, it's not like the, the 24-7 title where everybody's getting a run. You know, it, it's being presented as meaning something, but it's changing a lot because it's defended a lot, and I have no problem with that. Exactly. But, all right, Joe, that's all I have for this past week. All right, well, let's get into this last month because we have a winner to announce. That's right, Joe. We have a winner. And with 53% of the vote, it's a real nail-biter, the boar has defeated Ziggy Heim. A boyhood dream has come true, Joe. The new king of the mountain. (laughs) The new slap nuts. The new best singer, best entertainer, best wrestler. After four years of you doing this to my man, the boar, he finally gets a go to white, and puts the team song. Double take can't win. I'm just gonna. I'm gonna assume that I understood a bunch of the things you said because the music was drowning you out. But uh, <laughs> again, I don't. Know. He's the new king of the mountain. Yeah. You couldn't screw him over anymore. Through sheer will, he finally overcame your chicanery. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, sure. Uh, <laughs> uh, on one hand, it's nice to see the boar finally, uh, finally get that get over the hump. Finally. Uh, you know, get that ring, uh, get that ship, uh, the chip. Is that what the kids say? I don't know. Um, but on the other hand, it is going to ruin the bit of everybody saying that I've been holding him back and, you know, trying to root against him and, you know, pull levers to, to screw him over. How did I screw him over if he won? That's the question. But uh, I guess better late than never on this whole uh, winning the gender neutral monarch there, Boar. But uh, uh, the Boar was unable to be reached for comments. Uh, we tried to reach out, and uh, uh, he's got a busy schedule. However, he does join a very illustrious group of talent uh, in Orange Cassidy, Avery Good, and Danhausen. So all those people received the at odds bump. So uh, good things coming for the Boar in 2023. Fingers crossed in regards to all of that, and uh, as I understand it, there is a victory celebration that's starting in Lancaster, PA, and going all the way through 
Hagers, Hagersville, Maryland, and ending up in Hendersonville, uh, Tennessee. So <laughs> that's why the boar is unable to be reached for con- uh, comment this week. He's too busy celebrating this victory. Yeah, and rightfully so. And uh, congratulations to everybody else that was in the tournament. Uh, uh, maybe somebody else will become the next boar that just gets to be in it every year. Probably not, but... Uh, Look forward to the uh, the fifth annual-ish gender-neutral monarch. And who knows when that's going to happen, because honestly, I'll forget. And it'll probably be like a week before the end of 23. I know it was originally supposed to coincide with when World Wrestling Entertainment did their King of the Ring. Yeah, but they, they haven't done that in forever. Yeah, they do it so haphazardly. I think the last time they did it was not this past August, but the prior August. Yeah, because that's how the very first year we were running it almost simultaneously with the King of the Ring and like the following year the king of the ring didn't happen and i scurried and just kind of like threw it out at random i don't know but it when it comes it comes congratulations the boar seriously for sure he wanted it the most and i think that's why he won absolutely uh so we're jumping around here a little bit what do you have to assign me for homework all right, Joe. This one, uh, this one took a little bit of uh, of thought, a little bit of deliberation. Uh, I have a very long list of upcoming homework assignments, and I'm going to go with an easy one. Uh, I was going to go with a deep cut, but I'm going to go with an easy one. And this is in honor of many of us getting uh, a rip and Zeus Mattel Creations two pack. We are going to watch No Holds Barred. Ooh. So I wanted to go with something a little bit more obscure, but I figured, you know what? Let's go ahead and do this. I feel like this is, when we talk wrestling movies, one of the first things that pops into many people's heads. And uh, like I said, it's kind of kind of time relevant because we just got those figures, but I don't know. Looking, I haven't seen this since... I don't think I've seen this from start to finish since I saw it at like a dollar theater during its initial run. <laughs> like at the, the Ritz in downtown Scranton, if you remember. Yeah, that. for sure, for sure. I probably watched it once since, maybe within the last like 10 years or so. Uh, it's not streaming anywhere. Oh, no. Which stinks. Yeah, no, I, I I don't even think you can actually go and buy a DVD copy because I know when the figures came out, a lot of people were talking about that, that it's like out of print. Mm-hmm. But uh, it, I'm, is it a, I'm sure it's available uh, in your deep archives of like all those DVDs that you bought years ago, right? Jim? Oh, sure, sure, sure. I'm sure I could just dig that one up and rip it and do what I got to do. Rip them and rip it. <laughs> exactly so that will be our homework for next week and uh yeah that's that's all i gotta say about that all right so what is next on the slate of things to talk about oh it's voicemail time yeah all right we got a ton of voicemails get ready all right hello joe adam it's the other jb here um right off the top i'd like to uh give a thank you to everyone in the Royal Rumble pool, uh, the roller coaster, and the subject of uh, my homework for this past week, uh, Rey Mysterio. Um, y'all were instrumental in helping give me a, um, a tuition payment, uh, so that was very helpful. Um, anyways, um, so 
this past week, a bunch of um, ECW and WCW uh, Rey Mysterio matches. Um, love the uh, series of uh, matches between him and Psychosis. The two out of three falls one was a fun one, along with the Mexican death match. Uh, that was a fun stipulation. Uh, mix of the last man standing um, with pinfalls. That was very interesting. At some point, I'll want to see more of those. Uh, but the ones that I really liked was the series of matches with um, Ray and Kidman facing uh, Raven and Saturn and how it um, brought in uh, Benoit and Malenko um, in WCW. Those were fun. Um, not, nothing um, gets me going quite like a good uh, Arn Anderson spinebuster. Um, so I'll, um, I'll use uh, Armed Anderson as my... Um, Homework question for y'all uh, this week: um, What Arn Anderson uh, matches and moments are would um, you would uh, point me point me towards? Already, thank you, uh, Joe. I'm just going to go ahead and check my phone, look at my social media while you go to field this. Okay, I don't think I'm going to be of any use. Okay, um, so. There are tons of Arn Anderson matches. Unfortunately, like I said, he is primarily a tag team wrestler, even though he had a fantastic run as the television champion. There's no TV title singles matches that jump out at me, but I'm going to give you two matches to watch uh, anyway. Uh, there is a Rockers um, Brain Busters match from Madison Square Garden. You could find it on YouTube, Okay. Um, there is also, and this, the actual, uh, this is one of those things where I was going to bring it up on the show, maybe like a week or two ago. Cause it was like the air date anniversary, you know? Yeah. Um, but it's a six man from WCW power hour where it's great Muda, Buzz Sawyer and the dragon master taking on sting, Ric Flair and Arn Anderson. And they're the baby faces, Sting, Ric Flair, and Arn Anderson are the baby faces. And it is one of the wildest 10 minute matches you'll ever see in your life. And the crowd is hot the entire time. Okay. Um, but like I said, Arn is one of those guys where he doesn't have tons of great matches, um, like these five star classics or whatever it is, but he has like so many great moments, so many great times where he makes somebody else look like a million bucks just by the little things that he does. Um, you know what? I'll throw one more out there. 1994 Fall Brawl. It's him and Ric Flair. It's the first time they ever had a singles match uh, against each other. And this is the beginning of like, oh, is there a schism in the Horseman? And Flair tricks uh, Sting to team with them. And, you know, for the 45th time. But it's Ric Flair versus Arn Anderson in a singles match. Um, and Arn has told the story that, like, he had, like, the flu and he threw up literally right before he walked out of the curtain. And with that in mind, you watch that match and these guys go like a hard 20 minutes and it's like more historic than anything else. So those are your three, uh, rockers, brain busters, Madison square garden, uh, that six man from the power hour. It's on monsoon classics, YouTube channel. You could very easily find it. He just recently re uploaded it. And then uh, fall brawl, 94 Ric Flair and Arn Anderson. Yeah, and uh, other JB, if you don't think I noticed you gloating about that that winnings, uh, uh, you better watch yourself because I've I, I've taken that personally. You should. <laughs> All right, next. All right, next call. 
Hey guys, it's uh, the strongest man in all the land, Arthur MacArthur. And I don't really have much to say in this call. All I really want to do is just wish my good pal and stunt double slash me a happy birthday. It was a couple of days ago as of this call, but, you know, I figured I'd at least, you know, honoring him with my presence in the voicemail this week. Um, before I say anything else, I obviously have to plug the show this Saturday. Uh, Akron, if you're in the area, come on down. AIW, bulking season, we're getting our titles back from those Bitcoin boys. And I don't care. And I repeat, I don't care if that bothers you. Anyways, um, I don't know. I, that's really all I got. I just wanted to plug that show and, uh, of course, wish you a happy birthday. I'll have something more creative next week. Uh, love you guys. Love you. Love you a long time. Have a good one. Well, thank you, Artie. I appreciate that. Uh, and obviously, we, we addressed this last time when bulking season, unfortunately, were robbed of the AIW titles that Artie didn't call before the match and bad things happen. So it's good to see that he's he's recognized the fact that if he wants to win those straps back this Saturday, which he will. Uh, a voicemail needs to precede it. So uh, obviously we're getting those belts back. It's it's a foregone conclusion. I've already got my my map quest directions printed out to get out there. Uh, looking forward to the big win. So good luck, Artie. Yeah, and it's a stacked show for our friends over at AIW. Uh, they did their whole full hard sell podcast this past week. John, uh, who's been going through a plethora of issues with that stolen car bullshit. And... Uh, <laughs> Ronald two legs, but uh, you know, already mentioned them and the Bitcoin boys for the tag titles. You've got uh, filthy Tom Lawler going against uh, Josh Bishop for the the absolute title. You got the four way for the intense title, which has uh, Derek and Wes and Paul London and Joey Janela in it. Uh, you have Alec Price taking on Dom Garini. It's a stacked show. Um, you know, five bucks on fight. Give them a try. AIWR boys are friends. Our girls, our people, definitely support them. Yeah. And, and Joe, I learned something today that if somebody steals your car and you report it stolen and then they do crime in that car, it's your fault. That blows my mind. <laughs> well, so, okay, so it's not so much that it's your fault, and that's definitely an Ohio well, thing. Yeah, it's, it's so like, hey, they go and do crimes in your car. We caught them on camera. Your car is reported stolen. Yeah, we really can't do anything about that. Our hands are tied. Oh, this car was involved. And that's the thing. It's never the car. It's always the person. So I think they were tr just trying to screw John around a bit, you know? Yeah. Anyway. Oh, well. But, yeah, thanks for the call, Artie. Thanks for the birthday wishes. Good luck. Yep, good luck this weekend, man. Next call. Hey, Joe and Adam. This is Kevin Ford. Uh, bad news, I went to the dentist today for a regular cleaning, and it turns out I have a cavity and need a filling. Not my first, but it's been, I truly don't know how long. I want to say, you know, 20-plus years ago was my last cavity. I don't think it was all the Mountain Dew pitch black, do you? <laughs> no chance, right? No. Guys? No. Guys? No, see, Mountain Dew pitch black doesn't cause cavities. They just rot the teeth directly out of your head. There is no cavity in a slow decay. It's just <laughs> an immediate dissolve of the tooth. <laughs> I thought it just ate away at the enamel, at the enamel until there was nothing left, you know? But uh, I'm sure everything will be okay. They have uh, 
wonderful advancements in like dentures these days. Yeah, for sure. And it's worth it. I mean, honestly, (laughs) I I have a crown from a root canal that's fallen off like three times, you know, it's (laughs) great. Because a dentist tells me that it's like it's either your teeth or Mountain Dew pitch black. Uh, I'm choosing Mountain Dew pitch black, to be honest with you. You know, it's like I don't need these teeth. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Well, that's all right. Thanks. Good luck with the cavity. Next call. Hey guys, it's DeWiki. Uh, I just wanted to say that I hope you guys have a great show. And uh, boy, that uh, Michael Elgin had a real normal one today, didn't he? Uh, talk to you guys later. Bye. Listen, I, I don't want to condemn him at all. I just think that if we can get all of our listeners to somehow gather a hundred grand for me to do a podcast, it would be appreciated. And I think that that's fair. I would talk about how, uh, like the fire department is like against me and I might even get a lawyer and, uh, yeah. So just send me a hundred thousand dollars, (sighs) please. That being said, um, I hope Michael Elgin's wife, fiance, uh, and his kid are okay. Um, he seems like he's having a rough time and there's a lot of people that like, Hey, it's probably not helping interacting with him and telling him he should die. And I agree with that. But then there's another camp of people that say Michael Elgin is an unrepentant piece of shit and anything that happens to him, he's brought upon himself. He could have gone away like many other people have, but he keeps just picking at it and picking at it and picking at it. What does he expect to happen? I wish nothing for Michael Elgin, good or bad. I just hope his family are okay. Um, and I hope they're doing whatever steps they need to get him the help that he needs. Because he definitely needs help. Yep. We all need help. But, like, like I, I, I volunteer my help to him. How about that? <laughs> Fair enough. All right. Next call. Hello, gentlemen. Kevin here. Trying to stay warm. Uh, I don't know about you guys in Pennsylvania, but pretty much all of central New York is expecting a incredible temperature drop uh, for Friday and Saturday. And then it'll be a warmer Sunday for Pokemon Joe. So we'll be okay. Um, I was watching that Sami Zayn interview earlier this week, well, late last week, technically now, with, uh, and I, I'll mispronounce his name, Ariel Hawani, I believe is the guy's name. That's correct. And he did an interview with Triple H shortly after Hunter took over WWE. Very good interviews that really uh, open up the wrestlers that he talks to. And I grew up watching so many shoe interviews, which are all kind of, you know, in character and supposed to be controversial. And some of them seem like they don't really want to be there. But I really enjoyed these interviews. Um, and they feel like I see an interview with the actual person and not the character. So I was curious in all of your viewing, watching, whatever, what do you think are the best wrestler interviews you've seen where you really feel like you're seeing a person interviewed and not just character, storyline, gimmick, whatever it might be. Looking forward to the answers and looking forward to staying warm this weekend. Talk to you later, guys. I just looked at the weather because I was like, this is news to me. And I'm like, oh, man, single digits the next two days. That's going to ruin all my outdoor plans. (laughs) (laughs) Well, I I saw Kevin lamenting about this the other day. And just like he did, I checked. 
and I saw Friday, Saturday is going to be cold, but it was cold today. Whatever. I have a house. I pay my heat bill. I'll be okay. (laughs) But then like Sunday is supposed to be like in the low fifties. And I'm like, fuck that, you know, whatever. Let, let Friday and Saturday be cold. I wasn't planning on doing anything or going anywhere anyway. Yeah. But as far as the interview, uh, I, I mean, I remember one time Adam Cole was on the uh, Pat McAfee show and Pat McAfee said something that made Adam Cole mad and Adam Cole got up and like yelled at him. And it was like you could tell it was a shoot because he was really mad. And I was like, wow, this is the probably the best interview I've ever seen in my life. So that's my answer. So, God bless you, Kevin, thinking that an Ariel Helwani uh, in the pocket of World Wrestling Entertainment interview with Triple H was two real people having a conversation. Um, I don't have to watch that to know that it wasn't. Just like I don't need to stick my hand in this fire to know that it's hot. Um, I want a shoot interview to be entertaining. And a lot of times, most people's real lives aren't that entertaining. Um, the Brody Lee one that he did for Smart Mark, which I think is out on IWTV for free. Eddie Kingston conducted it, and it was like Brody's last day before getting called up to WWE. Uh, I that's, think that was on like I think they put it on YouTube. Yeah, right after he passed because I think that's where I watched it. Yeah, that's a fun one. Um, because Brody is just like he doesn't give any shits and he's telling all these crazy stories and you know. Um, I love the Raven interviews when he got let go from WWF, whether it be like the first two parter that he did. There's like so many quotable lines because Raven's such a character. And then the five volumes of the ring of honor secrets of the ring. Um, you know, obviously it's not a shoot interview per se. Um, but you learn so much about wrestling, you know, Mm -hmm. from it, even if you're not a wrestler, even if you're a fan, um, and Raven's one of those guys that like still thinks the business should be protected or whatever it is. So he definitely holds some stuff back, but he gives you just enough information to make people like me dangerous, you know? <laughs> yeah. Um, but yeah, I don't know. I don't want like, you know, the, even like, I think there was a Sammy Zane one with Ariel Hawani, right? Over the weekend. Yeah. I mean, I, Ariel Hawani, back when he covered UFC, was actually like a journalist, but mm-hmm. now he's just less of it. He's a less hillberry, hillbilly Sean Rice Stapp, you know? Yeah, yeah. But, uh, all right. Thanks, Thanks for Yeah, stay warm, Kevin. Next call. Hey, Joe. Hey, Adam. It's Jayhawk. Hope you guys had a good week. So point I was trying to make with the call I had last week that got cut off. Thanks, Accident. Adam. Accidentally. Uh, the main event of that first show that I went to was Haas and Terry Funk against King Tonga, substituting for Paul Orndorff and Junkyard Dog. So Haku slash King Tonga was the first match I ever saw live and the first main event I ever saw live on the same show. And that particular show was on a Terry Tuesday. So I got to see Terry Funk in a main event on a Terry Tuesday at my first ever live show. That's awesome. Not a bit. Now, uh, while I've got you guys on the phone, I am going to ask a couple of questions. I got one in particular for Joe and one in particular for Adam. So, Joe, I know it could be hard to narrow it down to just one, but what is your favorite Terry Funk moment? Uh, for me... Gotta be winning the ECW title at Barely Legal. It's a great moment if you're a Terry Funk fan. And I'm a fan of the Flair match in 89 as well. Just fantastic matches. 
Uh, Adam, my question for you, I'm debating whether I want to put the money on the MLB extra inning package this year. And I'm kind of torn on it. I love baseball, and the package lets me watch like pretty much every game I want. The downside is that even though I don't actually bother getting a big enough cable package to get the local sports channel, MLB doesn't care. They still black out the local game, so I still wouldn't really get to watch Guardians games on it without paying for my cable package. But I would get to watch all the other games and all the other teams, so... Convince me one way or another what I should do with that. All right, guys. Love you guys. Love the show. I'll take my answer on the podcast. Um, first of all, I want—I do actually sincerely want to apologize to Jayhawk. I, I thought Joe had the ability to pause the, the voicemails last week, and no. I didn't mean to just not play it through, so I didn't know that. But, uh, uh, Joe, your, your favorite Terry Funk match. Uh, so, again, match moment. Oh, you can split so many hairs on that, like, Terry's got so many great moments, but if I had to pick a match, um, it would be from Clash of Champions 10, New York Knockout, November 1989, uh, him and Ric Flair, I Quit match. Maybe one of my top 10 matches of all time. Um, That's my favorite Terry Funk match. Gotcha. Um, As far as the MLB package, um, it's tough for me to answer that because... I do have the cable package that gives me the Yes Network, which carries pretty much every single Yankee game. And I think there's maybe five games a year that are on like Amazon Prime and another like two or three that are on Apple. And I figured out ways to steal those. So for me, I would rather if I'm not watching a Yankee game, just put on the MLB network and watch like their live look ins. Um, And that's a good enough fix for me. That would save me the money. But the more I think about it, Jayhawk, you're a Guardians fan, and Guardians fans don't actually start watching baseball until the playoffs start. Oh. So all those games are on free television anyway. So you have nothing to worry about. <laughs> That's so mean. <laughs> and true. All right. All right. It's uh, pink button time. It's all right. young Ed. Hey, John Adam. It's Ed. Um, this isn't my real call. Don't count this as a real call. I'm just super excited. Booster Gold live action series. Yes. I'm so fucking stoked. Um, this is my shit. Cole Sprouse. That's the perfect casting for it. Um, look up a picture of Cole Sprouse, Joe, so you can see. But, but imagine with blonde hair because he has blonde hair. It's going to be dark hair because of Riverdale, but he has blonde hair. He's blonde, so it'll work. Cole Sprouse, perfect casting. Fuck you. Yeah. Uh, is that the end of his call? Um, That's the end of his first call. Yes. All right. Yeah. I, I all right. I, I have many things I want to like. I want to talk about Booster Gold for the next twenty minutes, but uh, I disagree with this casting because Booster Gold is a guy whose like life has gone in the wrong direction, and like he was a high school. Like he was a football star who yeah. like, fizzled out, and he was basically working a job as a janitor at the museum, like the Flash Museum, I think, in the future, right? Uh, but regardless, at a, at a museum in the like the year three thousand, and I always picture him as somebody who's like north of thirty, you know, who's kind of acting like a kid, but is past the point where he should be. So this dude you're showing me a picture of, he looks like he's like seventeen. 
And I think that's too young. Regardless of how old he is, he's got a very young face to him. So here, here I, he is with blonde hair, which is, yeah, like, you know what? <laughs> yeah, you're going to mess up your algorithm. But that's I, all think, right. I think that guy is way too young to play Booster Gold. I don't know. What do you think, Joe? Uh, I'd be hard-pressed to disagree with that statement. Uh, he looks like a little boy. Yeah, that's um, not my booster. And, and he here's needs the th- to be like beefier, I think. He needs to be bigger. Um, and all the pictures, like there's one or two pictures where he's a blondie, where he's smiling. And like bo- when I think Booster Gold, I think like that cheesy smile. I think the finger guns, you know? Yeah, yeah. Uh, and, and here's the thing. Like I have been a, a Booster Gold fan. Uh, I The very first time I saw the episode of Justice League Unlimited called The Greatest Story Never Told. And I think I watched that at the comic shop, like shortly after it originally aired. And when was Justice League Unlimited on TV? Early two like, thousands. Yeah, so like two thousand two, two thousand three, something like that. So I've been yeah. a huge Booster fan since then. And I've seen Booster done dirty in Smallville. I've seen an attempt at doing Booster Gold on Legends of Tomorrow. Maybe it would have worked out, but we'll never know. I want to see this done right. Uh, I have an emotional investment in it because I love the character. I have a financial investment because I have lots of high-grade, graded copies of his early books. Uh, I want this to be a thing, so hopefully Jimmy Pistol doesn't fuck it up. Bang, bang. Um, <laughs> yeah, I don't, and again, this this is a movie that's not going to be made for like another like two to three years. So maybe like Cole Sprouse can like cycle on some gas, <laughs> smile a little bit more. You know, bulk up. He's 29 now. He'll be thir- He'll be the age that you're looking for. I know you're looking for more late 30s than whatever. Um, but I, I don't know. I'm not sold on this kid. I know Ed's picking him because he was on The Sweet Life with Zach and Cody. Um, but other <laughs> Is that, that Broski and, and Cody Rhodes' show? Yes. <laughs> All uh, right. Th- thanks for your call, Ed. Yeah. Next call, it's Ed again. <laughs> Oh shit, drugs. Um, fuck. I'm I'm really good about not coughing right away. That sucks. This sucks. God damn it. I'm so fucking mad now. Hey, Joe and Adam. It's Ed. Um, this one's mostly for Adam. Uh, because it's about sports. Adam, the greatest of all time. Tom Brady announces retirement. Um, I'm gonna assume this one sticks, right? Uh, there's a quote, and I'm trying to find if he actually said it, because I love it, where he basically is like, I thought I had what it took this year until we lost to the Browns, and then I realized I was probably in trouble. Uh, <laughs> and that rules, because the Cleveland Browns fucking suck so fucking bad. Uh, never been to a Super Bowl, bunch of fucking losers. They have a statue to a quarterback uh, that never went to a Super Bowl, ever. <laughs> <laughs> and then, listen, Browns fans are yelling at their uh, radio right now and tell me about some quarterback from, like, the 1950s, and I don't give a shit. That's not really football. But, Adam, <laughs> I just want to know your thoughts on this, because, uh, like, I know people hate Tom Brady, but you got to he's the best ever, right? This is, you got to admit that, right? <laughs> and I guess, like, just so Joe, you know, you feel, you know, like you're in this conversation. Which of Terry Funk's retirements did you believe the most? <laughs> like, is there any that you bid on? Like uh, the one beyond the map where you like, shit, this is it for Terry. Uh, I'm, I'm just curious. <laughs> okay, bye. I'm still so fucking mad I coughed. Uh, all right. So I never liked Tom Brady, but it was because in addition to the rest of the league, 
uh, he just owned my Steelers. And Ben beat him like twice, maybe out of like nine matchups. I think it, it was lopsided. So like I just had this deep down hatred for Tom Brady. But at the same time, he is the greatest of all time. Uh, and nobody's going to come close to him. And if you are, uh, like, let's say you happen to be a fan of, I'll just pick like a random team. Like, let's say the chiefs and you're like, my quarterback is the greatest of all time because nobody has ever thrown for more yardage at home when the temperature is under 50 degrees and the winds blow into the East and we're playing somebody from the NFC South, like in those situations, nobody's ever put up more stats. Like you're reaching. It's all about wins. It's all about playoff wins, and most importantly, it's all about Lombardi trophies. So I begrudgingly say Brady is the greatest of all time. And as far as like people, and I know exactly what you mean, Ed, whenever you point out that a certain fan base, their team has like no Super Bowl trophies or no like playoff wins they always point to like these pre-merger championships like oh yeah back when we were the green bay like woodpackers and uh we the the league wasn't formed yet and it wasn't racially integrated and we didn't have pads and yeah we're wearing the leather helmets yeah we were they had the leather helmets and like games were called on account of darkness but like all of those like we won 27 championships between the year 1815 and 1911 and those count just as much as the like a super bowl they're just as meaningful even though nobody saw them and like people were like checking out of their factory job and then coming to the field to play after that like they weren't real athletes they were just dudes like come on any of those old timey black and white like if your game is narrated by somebody that sounds like they're in a lucky strikes commercial like like that doesn't count. So if you don't have a Super Bowl, you don't have a championship. So if you have, if the Browns have a, a statue outside to somebody who played uh, like pre-merger back when like they used to like draft players off the streets because everybody was off at the war, like none of that shit counts. So enough with that. I agree with you, Ed. Sorry if I went on a rant. <laughs> I do like that we had two calls. Uh, that had something to do with you about uh, fake sports and something to do with me about Terry Funk. That's a perfect way to keep us both entertained. I like That's it. right. Oh, and which, uh, yeah, the, I forgot. He had a question. I, too. I still think Terry's got one more match left in him. How do you like that? Uh, <laughs> um, I hope so. I mean, somebody, safely. But. Somebody like Terry doesn't retire. No, there was a match. Might have been, like, not Ring of Honor, but, like, one of those wrestling super shows. Where it was like Terry Funk and Dreamer against Lance Storm and Sean Waltman. And I believe that one was his last one. And then I think he had at least one more after that. Um, I have to look this up now. That's going to bother you. <laughs> it is going to bother me. Uh, can you believe, Joe, while you're looking that up, that people actually think Patrick Mahomes is a better quarterback than Tom Brady? Like, man, that's that's such bias. I, I don't get that. Like, win more than one Super Bowl, and then they, they're going to win a second one in two weeks, and they'll be like, oh, see that? Two. Two is better than seven. No, it's not. <laughs> Anyways, as you were saying. <laughs> okay, so... Hang on. Mm-hmm. Okay, so in 2013, 
at House of Hardcore. Right. So it was Lance Storm and Waltman against Terry Funk and Tommy Dreamer. Again, that was 2013. Okay. I thought that would have been Terry Funk's last match. Okay. Okay. He went to have one more match in Japan a year later. And I'll say, okay, that was maybe his Japanese retirement. I'll give him that. Uh, then he did another match a year after that against Jerry Lawler. And that was a tribute show after Lance Russell had passed away. So I'm like, okay, that one gets a pass. It's Memphis. It's Lance Russell. It's whatever. And then Terry would come back one more time in 2017 uh, to team up with the Rock and Roll Express to take on uh, Jerry Lawler, Doug Gilbert, and Brian Christopher. So that actually, in 2017, was Terry Funk's last reti- last match. So again, after the one that I thought was the real one in 2013, he did have three more after that. I thought it was only two more after that. Okay. Can I ask you a Terry Funk question since yes. we're at it? This actually popped into my head the other day because, uh, as you saw on Twitter, I bought another Terry Funk figure. We talked about it last week. Um, and it got me to kind of thinking, after WCW went under, uh, we never, as far as I know, we never saw Terry Funk on national wrestling television ag- again. Would that be safe um, to say? No. Um, I think he might have like shown up uh, to do a bit with Mick Foley, like when they gave Mick Foley the whatever. Uh, okay. The hardcore title, when they retired the hardcore title, I think uh, Terry Funk was on for that. Okay, well, well, this is my actual question. is Was there heat, or did he hate Junior, or Junior hate him? Like, why didn't we ever get, and I, I'm not saying give us Terry Funk matches, but why didn't we ever have Terry Funk as, like, somebody's mouthpiece, or just some type of on-screen personality? That's a great question. And I could see it just because, like, Terry was old in 1998 in his last run, and I could see Vince just being like, yeah, it's it's too long. You know what, though? So you say this, and he did have a little bit of a run there in 06 when he came back, and they did um, the ECW One Night Stand 06 match. Okay. And that Again, was I it. Remember, yeah, I don't remember that one spot. But, I mean, they, there could have been somebody who just – you know, a big dummy who can't talk. They, they could have stuck with Terry Funk, you know. I'm just thinking of, like, when they stuck uh, Sean O'Hare with Roddy Piper. You know, like, things like that. You know, even though that didn't last long. I always feel like I, I'm I'm looking for managers to come back, and Terry yeah. Funk just seems like a, a voice that could have been used over those years, you know? As much as I love Terry, I don't think Terry would have been a good manager. Terry was more so about getting himself over on the mic and getting his opponent over in the ring. Mm-hmm. Um, so I don't think Terry would be in a great position to be like, I'm going to talk up this new kid and make you think he's a million bucks. Terry would be like, well, the only way I could do it is get in the ring and put the kid over myself, you know? Gotcha. All right. I was just curious, just something that popped into my head. You know, you got me thinking about Terry Funk on random like days where I'm not doing the show. And that's scary. Should always be thinking about Terry <laughs> Funk. All right. What All right. Else? We got one last call from Ed. Hey, Joe and Adam, it's Ed, uh, one last time. Um, I'm sitting here at Ronald's place. Uh, I thought it would be nice to get my dog some nuggies, and uh, then they would be full forward and wait for them. And, um, oh, wait, wait. Let me, oh, here they are. I, yeah. All right, thank you. Oh, Joe, I'm calling because, um, 
I didn't know the going rate for new podcasts was $100,000, so I'm <laughs> going to need $100,000 to do uh, the Young Guys show. Sounds good. And you can talk to my agent, uh, Leonard X. Carson, about this. Okay, bye. <laughs> Uh, in Ed's in Ed's case, uh, it might be worth the investment. I don't know. <laughs> it might be. Uh, and hey, Ed, I'll tell you this, and this is a, a point of uh, for everyone else out there. You know, we we've had discussions on some of the other shows of my co-host Todd giving me shit for like ordering with the app for a lot of the fast food places. Mm-hmm. Um, McDonald's app is the best. Uh, it works the most, and you get tons of rewards. Okay. Like randomly, you'll just get a thing that'll pop up that just says, "Hey, go there today and like just get a free six-piece nugget," or "Hey, go there today and get like a free, you know, small fry or whatever it is." Right. So if you're just going there to get shit for your dog, like Ed is, or if you're just like a regular McDonald's person, like their rewards rack up real quick, and they're always giving you free shit through the app. Um, pretty much all the other fast food companies' apps suck. Yeah, can I? I'm gonna. This is the part of the show where we shoot on fast food apps, right? Because I have a. I I would have you play the all heat, no heaters, but don't do it. Uh, The only app I use, I don't do a lot of fast food, but the thing I do is Dunkin' Donuts. Like, for whatever, almost every single day that I leave my house, I stop at Dunkin'. And, like, I I, I can make coffee at home, I get that, but I always stop at Dunkin'. Maybe I get food, and I use the app. And the app, you just link to your card, you put money on it, whatever. And the deal always was, yes, you could order it in advance and do the walk-up and all that. But, like, there was a certain algorithm that after you spent X amount of money, you just got a free coffee. And it didn't matter if it was, like, I get an extra large or if you wanted a large, whatever. It was just your next coffee is free. And that was the deal. So it might have been, like, one out of every six coffees. And then, like, two months ago, they switched it to... Well, we're going to get rid of the free coffee thing, and we're going to have random daily changing things, but it's always shit that I don't want. It's always like, oh, if you order ahead on Mondays, you get a free small coffee with the purchase of a breakfast sandwich. Like, how does this fucking help me? Just give me my free coffee back. And I feel like I need to go back to just using my card because then they get charged the check lane tender, which is the whole reason for these apps. I don't know if you realize that. It gets them around having to pay Visa, MasterCard, and all that stuff. Oh, yeah? Yeah, oh yeah. That's why like if you go to like Best Buy or you go to Target, they want you to get their credit card because when you use their credit card, they don't have to pay a percentage of the sale to MasterCard, American Express, whatever. So that's the whole point of these apps is you put the money directly on the app from your checking account and then when you pay Dunkin', they don't lose that fee. So like I'm thinking of going back to just being like, here's my credit card, take it off of that, and you're gonna lose that whole one tenth of a cent. But if I do this a million times yeah. over the course of the next ten years, I'll show you. But yeah, man, I'm pissed off about Dunkin'. Yeah, I didn't like to change myself. My wife is more of a Dunkin' person than I am. It's like she'll go because there's like two on the way from here to where she works. And from where I go to where I work, there's no Dunkin' Donuts oh, in see, my there's, house. There's like a there's at least two Dunkins in every direction I go from my house. Like I, I have to like I can swing a dead cat and I'll hit a Dunkin'. Right, but I like obviously because everything's connected to me. I'm the one who gets the notifications for the rewards as I'm looking here at the bowl licking brownie batter signature latte, or <laughs> they've really been pushing the Dunkin' Midnight flavor, right? 
Yeah. Um, and all these different things, stuffed biscuit bites and all this other bullshit. So I get you. I remember when the, it changed things over. I liked the old way, and I'm sure if I used it more, um, I would be more upset about the change. Yeah. Like I said, it's the only like food app yeah. that's on my phone. It's probably the only one I've ever used. But Yeah. I got a bunch. Yeah. But, Ed, uh, you might not get the 100000 from us, but I think you're worth it, buddy. Right. Ed's at least worth 200000 <laughs> I thought you were going to say $200. No, at least 200000 Yeah. Uh, so I, I got no weekly purchases because I've been locked out of my Twitter for the last week. And part of the thing is I can't – like I have access to my DMs, uh-huh. but I can't send pictures or screenshots through my DMs. So anytime that I was sending something, I had to send a link to the tweet that I wanted everyone to see and laugh at, as opposed to a screenshot of it. So I have no uh, deleted uh, screenshots this week. Ah, that's a shame. Um, I, I, I obviously I have access to my Twitter because I'm not mean on Twitter. Um, I did sell a bunch of other stuff on my eBay, so I'm doing some more exporting. Uh, sold a couple more Funko Pops. So you'll be happy to hear about that. Um. Did buy a couple, but uh, that's a different story. Mm. Um, but Joe, I think again, this seems to be the segment where I put this for the. I purged a lot of folks from the Adam Van special top ten over the last couple weeks, and I'm proud to announce. <laughs> that's right. We're about to enshrine somebody new. Into the Adam Van special top 10. And Joe, entering the top 10 at number 9. Well, there's no particular order, but I still have one vacancy. After reconvening with the Council of Greece, (laughs) I am enshrining Maki Ito into my top 10. Oh, okay. The cutest wrestler in the world, as she says. And I feel like uh, she is deserving uh, after making waves not only in Japan and the United States and AEW, also uh, she's gang affiliated now, according to Nick Gage. Uh, I think it's time for Maki Ito to ascend into the the top ten. Well, I'm sure she'd be happy to hear that. I I, I believe so as well. So welcome aboard the Council of Greece, eh? <laughs> <Yeah>. hmm. <laughs> I've assembled a brain trust to help me with these things. No, oh, I saw that screenshot here. <laughs> You say you say whatever you want, I guess. I don't know. <laughs> but, yeah, that's all I got for weekly purchases. Yeah, so, hey, before we get into weekly purchases, of course, you can help out the show um, by signing up for independentwrestling.tv, a.k.a. Jerry's Internet Wrestling Emporium. Use the promo code at odds if you're a new subscriber. Uh, they're gearing up for what they're doing for WrestleMania weekend. They're not going out to the West Coast. They're staying out here on the East Coast. Uh, they've been adding a lot of uh, older stuff uh, in the recent weeks. Definitely go check out what is available over there. And like I said, if you're a new subscriber, use the promo code at odds and you stick with them. We get a little bit of a kickback. Uh, the T public sale uh, is next week. So we'll push that then. Yeah, absolutely. And that's all we got in this plug segment. Yeah. Uh, before you get into that, I'll just say there's some podcasts you should listen to. And those podcasts are Longbox Heroes, Final Wrestling Place, We Need Wrestling, Porch Talk, Viewer's Choice, Wrestling Cheers, Indie Wrestling Guide, Wings on Wings, Between the Sheets, If You Catch My Grift. And Joe, 
watch this space because there might be uh, a new podcast or two uh, from some familiar voices showing up uh, shortly. Maybe, maybe on the soon to be named network. Maybe, uh, maybe behind a paywall. But uh, more on that as it, as it comes along. Oh, another instance of Adam going to business for himself. <laughs> is it? The I gr- love a good opportunity. You know? Oh, is it the Grease cast with the Council of Grease? <laughs> No, uh, as much as you say I'm uncancelable, I don't want to test that. All right, <laughs> it's behind a paywall; no one could hear it. You know, <laughs> yeah. People, there are there are snitches all over the place. That is true. But uh, money, 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 money. some might cost a little. Some might cost a lot. And your figures will be bought. <laughs> so, Joe, another week, another, uh, I'm sure, heavy week for you and light week for me, as it always seems to be. No, it's just the opposite. Um, <gasps> I only purchased one thing, um, and that was the. And I'm just trying to see if I could find the link. Um, Jay Briscoe, um, his family and community, and so forth. They did a shirt to memorialize him. Um, I'm sure you could find the link online. Um, yeah, I, I saw it in our group chat. It was cool. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I like that one a little bit better. Um, I know DJ's like, it's a Gildan tee. And I'm like, I don't know, I like this design better. And I feel as though more of the money would go here to help Jay's family than it would be if I was buying the Pro Wrestling Tees one. Um, That's just me. Um, But yeah, if you search online, you can find it. Um, I think the site is sports with a Z, tees with an S dot com. Um, and you could find it there if you search uh, Jamin Pugh, J-A-M-I-N-P-U-G-H. Um, I am kicking the tires on the Vinegar Syndrome um, Wrestling with Shadows documentary release. Yeah, I saw that. Like, it, I, I don't want to blow up their spot, but I mean, this is more of like an independent press, right? Yeah, Vinegar, like Syndrome, Vinegar Syndrome does like boutique um versions typically they do like more horror and stuff like that you know yeah so i mean honestly joe like you can't rely on that being there two months from now right well that's the thing i think it's limited to however many pieces and it's two thousand units it went up on tuesday and it's already down to 700 oh you need to buy it treat yourself so here's the problem adam i don't have a blu-ray player <laughs> All right, uh, you don't have a PlayStation Five. <laughs> I have an Xbox 360. Uh, yeah, that won't. Not only that'll play DVDs. <laughs> no, the di- the disc drive on that broke about two years ago. I'm sure at some point you'll own a Blu-ray player. I'm thinking about just buying it just to have it. You know, yeah, physical media is king, man. Just put that up on a shelf, keep it sealed until one day you decide to bust it open. Yeah. I think you got to do it. Honestly, like, I'm not the biggest Bret Hart fan. I do appreciate him. But if I was a Bret Hart fan, I'd be all over that. Right. You know, I just feel like 
uh, the limitedness of the release, and like I was reading all the things that were included. Like it seems like a pretty sweet set. Yeah, absolutely. Still kicking the tires out. Like the whole thing is like I'm buying a Blu-ray and I don't have a Blu-ray player. Yeah, but you're buying a collectible that you could put up on the shelf. That is true. And you are a collector, so. Um. I'm not going to take a lot of time. Uh, Joe, I purchased on Entertainment Earth, uh, and I'm going to just send a quick picture to you. I am not a pin guy, a guy who collects pins, but Entertainment Earth put up this set of Soundwave pins, and it comes in like a, a little display box. And if you look at the picture I sent you, I just think the box looks cool because it's like Japanese, and it looks kind of like it's an import. And, uh, they only made like a thousand of the pins, which is a lot. But you know, I just thought it was cool. It wasn't it was very inexpensive, and I like the presentation of it. You know, I like that it says plus special guests. Yeah, and it's uh like it's Laser Beak and and Ravage. So yeah, it's just a cool little set, and uh, it was less than twenty bucks. So I jumped all over that. Um, one other thing, if you remember last week, I talked about or maybe a week before I talked about buying the Marvel legends, Walgreens sent century figure, you know, and yeah, you were saying, the oh, one that doesn't look like Brian Myers. Right. Yeah. <laughs> and I took a picture and I posted, uh, comparing it to my Marvel legends one from back in like 2006. I don't the know one that does that. look like Brian Myers. Exactly. And for whatever reason, I completely forgot. And I remember this back in the day, but I kind of like let it slip my memory that that 2006 Marvel Legends figure was one of four different variants of that figure. I don't know if you're aware of this. I was not. So, and I'm going to send you, I actually purchased another 2006 Marvel Legends Century figure. But what they did is they basically did a Golden Age Century and a Modern Age Century. Okay. Because if you remember the bit for the Century was that he was around since the Golden Age. It's just the void erased everybody's memory of them right so like, we were made to forget them yes exactly so there was kind of like obviously the modern century is in yellow and the old like the golden age is in like a mustard color right uh the mustard one has a short short hair and no beard uh and obviously the modern age has long hair and a beard uh, and then there were other versions where they just accidentally swapped those heads. Well, accidentally in air quotes. So right. it's like, you know, the old body with a new head and vice versa. I'm not interested in those. I just wanted to get the Golden Age version because I thought it looked cool next to the modern one. Yeah, definitely. So um, other than that, uh, there were some Target pre-orders that went up this week. I did pre-order the Legends 18 Polly Dangerously figure. I don't know if anything in that Legends line popped you. That was the one with, like, D'Lo and the Head Shrinkers and, I think... Another uh, Hogan, I think. It was Yeah, it was WCW Hogan. Yeah. Uh, like, the Head Shrinkers are cool, don't need them. Paulie's cool, don't need it. Um, D'Lo's cool, don't need them. Yeah. Yeah, so this is kind of like when they announced the Legends 19 last week. I was like, nothing for me, but you wanted Brucey. Oh, I gotta get my Brucey. Yeah, so this is... Uh, uh, I needed this Heyman from when they announced, even though it's uh, it's obviously Paulie dangerously. It's like WCW, but it comes with an ECW hat, which is yeah. such a mashup. But I needed it. Uh, I also pre-ordered the Target exclusive Ultimate Bret Hart, the Mister Hitman. Yes, yes. So I don't know if that's something that's on your radar or not. Um, I pre-ordered two of them. Uh, I actually not because I want to. 
Uh, but I, I was just like, I got the ultimate Pauly and uh, two Bretts at the same time, just because I'm like, I know my luck that one of like, if I just ordered one, it would be in bad shape and I'd have to go and like hunt another one. Mm-hmm. Um, so I'm like, okay, I could just pick out the better one, just return the other one. Or if they're both nice, I know Mr. Tim claims that he's going to roll the dice on finding one in the wild, but I could always be his plan B if this, if this happens, you know? Yep, for sure. Um, and the last thing I bought is in the major group, somebody, do you remember when they did those, uh, they were meant to look like little Hasbros, but they were pins. And I guess this is a big pin week for me, but they did those three for tens where it was like, you have to buy, like, it was like, if you want the broski, you have to buy the Knick and the Stang. And if you want the Brian, you have to buy the Swoggle and the, the, I don't know, Joe shoes or whatever. Uh, do you remember those pin sets? I do. Yeah. So somebody actually put up a bunch of them uh, and it was missing like your broski and Myers. And I'm not a pin collector, but he was basically selling them for $5 shipped a piece. So I grabbed the smart mark and I was like, okay, I'll just add this to my burgeoning marquee collection. It was $5. Who cares? You know? Right. Uh, and I looked on eBay and they're selling for maybe like 20. So I was like, I got a good deal. I can't resist a good deal. So as I'm getting ready to check out or just pay him, he's like, oh, anything else I have that you might want? And I'm like, I don't know. I could take a look. So I'm just kind of looking through his Facebook. And I'm Joe, I'm going to send you a picture. You don't care about the pin, so I'm not going to send you a picture of that. But I'm going to send you a picture of the other thing I bought from him. And I want to get your reaction. Oh, hey. (laughs) PSA graded. Yes, sir. Nothing but authentic for me. Is that the what titles are those? Those uh, so this is an not an eight by ten but an eleven by fourteen PSA graded autographed uh, photo of Billy Kay and Peyton Royce and I believe those are the women's tag team titles like the early version. Yeah. Okay. I'm trying to get a look at them and it's you know like I said it's tough but yeah that's a cool uh, that's a cool shot like I said PSA graded can't beat that. Yep. Yeah, and like again this was. Uh, I forget exactly, but I think like $20. So for an 11 by 14, that's graded, it would have cost you more than 20 bucks to grade it. You know, so yeah. that's the way I look at things. So, and I can add it to my burgeoning, uh, grease eight by 10 and photo collection. Oh, <laughs> my goal is to no longer have a grease shelf, Joe, but to have a grease wing of the house yeah. that I can lock behind a door and pretend that like people <laughs> that is not there. You ever hear of the movie, the greasy strangler? No, no. <laughs> Might want to look into that one. Oh, all right. All right. But that's it for me. A relatively light week of purchases for me. All right. Well, Adam, we're going to close out the show the same way that we started the show. So just as, you know, with this recording, the clock is ticking for me to get full access to my Twitter account back. We have lost complete access to our Amazon affiliate link this week. Yep. So about a month ago, I get the notification that my account is in danger um, due to issues with links that were in an article that I wrote up about Rob Liefeld, a.k.a. The Rob. Um, summarizing how he had a falling out with his webmaster, podcast host, whatever, bought like podcast.robliefeld.com. And then when he set up the new feed and the new stuff, 
he forgot to do the redirect from the for the new feed to the site that he's paying for, which is just sitting there and hasn't been updated since September, right? Mm-hmm. So I did my write-up, and I get pinged for that. They tell me, whatever, fix this. I fix it. I did their online talk, uh, like their chat, and they're like, did you do this? Did you do this? Are you using the links that we provide you? Yes, 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 yes. Everything from there. And I still have this big red box sitting on top of our like earnings thing that I check. And it was sitting there for like two weeks. And the thing is like, oh, we're going to email you back in like two to three days. Never get an email back, right? Checking my spam folder, everything. Nothing comes through, right? So then uh, after two weeks, the box goes away. Like, okay, I didn't hear anything from anyone. Box went away. Everything seems to be fine, right? So I wake up Monday and there's an email that came through at quarter to six that says our account has been closed Um, due to apparently, even though I was using the links that they had provided for us to put on our site and so forth, we were supposed to be using links that instead of just taking someone to Amazon and they could search, it was supposed to take them to a specific item. And then from that specific item page, they were supposed to do the search, right? Yeah. So I'm like, what the fuck is this? All right, well, whatever. Like, we had it for however long we did. Obviously, longer on the comic book show than on this show. Whatever. And it says, because your account has been closed, any commissions that you had outstanding, you will not be receiving. And I'm like, oh, that fucking sucks. You know, that's November. That's December. That's January. We're losing out on that, right? Yeah. So then, at about 1 o'clock in the afternoon, I get the email notification that says my November commission has been sent. And I go check my bank account, and it's there, right? Mm-hmm. So I'm like, what the fuck is going on? So I had already submit an appeal to them on Monday. They're like, oh, if you feel that this was done in error, you could submit an appeal. You'll hear back from us in one to two days. Adam, you're going to be surprised. I haven't heard back from anybody when I sent the appeal uh, reply on Monday. So I sent another appeal reply on Wednesday, I'm probably going to send another appeal reply on Friday. I'm going to keep sending appeal replies until I get a reply from them officially, finally telling me to fuck off. Yeah. that's So, like, let me – obviously, I've heard this story over on uh, After Dark, you know, in the correct listening order. So – The only thing I'm curious about. So the link that we had just brought you to an Amazon's like the homepage, the splash page. Correct. If we we had just provided a link to let's say just an Amazon Alexa device and then it's like, here's a link to the the Alexa Echo show, whatever. And then you as the consumer said, "Okay, I'm on Amazon. I'm going to now go and search for these like you know, whatever, I, these pants I need, the, the the sneakers. At that point, we would not have been violating the rules. Is that correct? Apparently. Like, because then we, we as the, 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 the fucking sponsor, whatever they say we are, the advertisers, uh, we're basically saying, buy this Amazon Alexa. But then you would kind of wink, wink, and you would know you can go and buy whatever you want. Correct. And then that would have been fine. That That makes no sense. Like, why... I don't know. Right. It makes no sense. And we had been doing it this way for the comic book show for nine years. No problems, no issues, no nothing. But all of a sudden, they just decided. And again, I'm not going to call it any other podcast. We talked about it on 
uh, After Dark this week. But there's not a ton of podcasts that use this anymore. Just because it gets to be such a pain in the ass like this. And there is one site. um, There was one podcast that I listened to on their Amazon affiliate thing. It says Amazon. You know, but when you click on it, it takes you to one of two items. And I will say, it's a book that one of the co-hosts wrote. And the other one is to stream a movie that the other co-host directed. Okay? Yeah. So it's very directly tied into the show that I listen to. But then I looked at two other shows that I don't listen to. And their link just takes you to the same spot that ours took you to. The front page of Amazon but with like their little coding in it for them getting the credit. Gotcha. So like if hypothetically, let's say uh, our Amazon was to return from the ashes, whether it be the old one or, you know, just another one popping up, you know, just through other means, all we have to do is just say, Hey, this is our thing. This is, these are the lights that I bought on Amazon for my detox that I really recommend. And then we put the link up to those and then you can do whatever you want from there. Correct. Okay. Uh, it's a shitty, unnecessary step, but hey, whatever. You know? Whatever. But yeah, I don't know. Do you have anything else to say about it? Because obviously, it's 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 dumb, but uh, that sucks. You know, yeah, it was a, it help. was a shitty it was a shitty way to start the week. You know. Yeah, I always like when I get the 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 email from you where it's like me and Todd, and it says, "I just want to tell both of you in an email now." I'm like, "Oh God, what happens?" You yeah. Know? Like, did, did some is somebody suing the soon-to-be-named network? Like, I immediately think of, like, I'm in trouble. Well, I, it was something you said on the episode a couple weeks ago. I had $100,000 set aside to pay Ed to do his <laughs> podcast, but it's all eaten up by your lawsuit for whatever the fuck it was that you said two weeks oh. ago on the podcast. Oh, God damn it! We're going to have to possibly, like, figure out another way to monetize this podcast then. We have to make up that hundred grand. Right. We have to make up the Amazon link, at least for however long it's down. Um, but yeah, I don't know, man. We'll maybe, you know, put some stuff behind a paywall or something. I'll just think about it. I don't know. Okay. <laughs> but I think that's it for me, Joe. Yeah, that's all I got as well. All right, closing this out. And we came in like way under. Yeah, it's, it was a short show. There was no homework. That's it what it was. A, it was a short show for, I think we spent like 90 minutes on the Royal Rumble, though. So, yeah, it evens out. But uh, yeah, so thank you everyone for listening to episode 227 of At Odds with Wrestling. For Adam, this is Joe saying be safe out there and enjoy some wrestling. You're listening to the soon-to-be-named network, the Lamborghini of Podcast Networks.